Hello, I'm Sherrington Hennies, and welcome to the podcast for The Forgiveness Show. I'd like to apologize. <laughs> I set a disclaimer from the beginning that this is going to be a little longer than the usual five, six, seven minutes that I strive for, because I know this is the internet and your attention span may not be as long or big for large stuff to listen to or go through to get the gist of what is being explored. However, I'm going to pay homage to my father and since this whole series show started with the unforgiveness issues that I had with him as a young teenager and uh, young adult Mason, an incident that happened in my the incident that happened in my childhood, I would like to wrap this up and see if there has been some transition and I have really arrived at a place, at least at the time of his passing, if I did arrive at a place of being at peace and in acceptance of our earlier relationship. So I will share with you a publication that was published under the Rise and Peace for the Soul article or column in the Ambassadors magazine under the heading of Acceptance of What Is. The bedside clock display 4.30 in bright green. I pulled the pillow over my head and hoping the ringing would stop, but it continued. Just as I was about to reach for it, the ringing stopped suddenly and I took the pillow off my head. The ringing resumed immediately as if on cue. I reached over for the headset, took it off the cradle and let it fall to the floor. After a while, the off-the-hook sound was beginning to seem just as loud as the ringing. Now, from this you can tell the type of phone that I was using wasn't a smartphone or anything, it was a house phone. And it was ringing very loud and I didn't like to be disturbed when I was asleep. One rigid way of looking at life and being very rigid in my thinking and unforgiving. Wow, did I had a lot to work on. So, I reached over and replaced the handset and it immediately started ringing again. Since it was clear that whomever was calling was not going to allow me to go back to sleep, I reached over and calmly said into the receiver, Now that you have gotten my full attention, what can I do for you? I immediately knew something was wrong and out of place because it was my aunt on the other end of the line. And although she had my number for a very long time, she never called me before. Maybe she said more, but I can't say I heard anything other than, It's your daddy. He's dead. It hit me several places at once, and my mind immediately went into a wild spin. I sprang out of bed and started chanting, No, 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 no. It suddenly dawned on me that I had never truly thought of my father as ever going to die, or at least not consciously, that is. 
it is said that most people do not really accept the notion of death until faced with it for themselves or another. In my case, my father did present himself as being larger than life, but isn't that how all of us live? As if we are larger than death, a natural part in the cycle of life? Okay, you're right. I had fooled myself into the belief that he was going to live for a very long time, perhaps maybe even forever. This way I would not have to deal with his death and be reminded of my own pending debt someday, sooner or later. If that was not the case, what was? For the most part, I feel we all play a little mind game, consciously or unconsciously, in which we eliminate debt from our close circle, hoping debt never touches us, our loved ones, the people we care about, and those we like and admire even if we don't know them personally, just as long as they live up to our standards and morals. If the person that die is young, we're even more disappointed and usually question the reason why such a young soul and life was sensibly cut short. Which begs the question, what is a full life lived? Who sets the standards? Who say that a baby, a young child, or a teenager did not live a meaningful life in their relatively short life? Maybe one one's soul completes its mission, to be it a day or 99 years, it immediately exits the physical life. Could it have been that the person's spiritual choice to return to their spiritual state of being those are only my humble meditation on life and the change we call death. They are not meant in any way to suggest or to tell you what you should hold as true for yourself about the notion of death and dying. Okay, I was not sent as an agent on behalf of death to pull you out of your comfort zone about life, void of death. However, I have discovered that if we allow ourselves to look at life carefully, we could discover that every second of existence is about death and dying. Everything must change for there to be growth or expression or expansion. When I put this forward, I'm not talking about the notion of a person, animal, plant or other living organism physical bodies becoming lifeless, I'm referring to everything that is in existence that must minutely change form to stay alive and sustain life as we know it. The spirit or essence of life is said to be eternal and remain the same forever. Therefore, it is just the variation and the various expressions of it that are different and are subject to constant change. Four days after I got the news of my father's transition out of the physical body, I suddenly remembered that he had asked me to preside at his funeral. Jokingly, that was two weeks ago. This was not going to be practical for me at that time. It wasn't at that time, 22 years ago. I made the hard choice not to return to Guyana for the funeral rituals. So you may ask, did I keep my promise to my father? Yes, I did. How? 
I put together the funeral service program and the sermon and requested that both be done exactly as laid out. Was it done? I can't say for sure, but based on what I've seen from videos of the funeral rituals, I would say yes, to a large extent. Do I have any regrets to my relationship with my father? No. I am who I am today because of the challenges I experienced with him, and we had a few. We also had fun times, and therefore I'm forever grateful for what we shared as father and son. I give thanks for all of it. Okay, I still have some issues surrounding the phone ringing late at night or early in the morning. But now, if it does, I reach over without any drama and calmly answer by saying, Hello, Shervington speaking. So I guess I have grown in my process of forgiveness and being willing to look at situations differently. Namaste. Thank you for staying up almost 10 minutes to listen to that. And I hope it brings closure to what I established in my first episode for this series on the Forgiveness Show and the sharing of forgiveness. And it starts with acceptance of what is. Do remember, you can always get more information or reach me online at changeclinic.org changeclinic.org or at smaho.com Bye for now and remember during this time of COVID be safe and take care of each other.